Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. They took their name from the heroic line in C.S. Lewis' series of books chronicling the fictional land of Narnia. And as time goes on, this name becomes even more fitting for the band who emerged from working class Fingless to become one of the biggest Irish bands ever. Despite hardships along the way, they continue to battle on, performing for their legion of fans around the world. This year, they're celebrating 40 years of writing and playing music and uh, they have an extensive Irish tour, including dates in Drogheda, Dundalk and Monaghan. I'm delighted and honoured to speak to a hell of a front man who, despite many hardships, picks himself up and keeps going. He's a true legend of Irish music. Christy Dignam is on the line. How you doing, Christy? How are you doing? Good, I'm doing good. Good, good, good. I mean, Christy, 40 years. That is oh, yeah. an incredible milestone. How are you feeling about it? It's just a bit weird, you know, because I remember when I went to Australia in 1979, I went to see my girlfriend at the time, had family over there, and we loved her over there. So basically, when we said we go back to Ireland, we'll give Aslan a year, and then we'll come back here and kind of start our family, get married and start our family in Australia and stuff. So, you know, 40 years later, here we are. <laughs> the Australian dream never quite worked out, but I think you got well, a hell of a good uh, alternative in this. But, you know, you started out, as you say, you know, early 80s, you know, there was uh, incredible times, exhilarating times. There's been breakups, makeups, ups and downs. It's been a hell of a journey. Yeah, it's a bit of a roller coaster, but, you know, it, it should have always, it was boring, you know, if you want to do it, you know. Well, that's it. Yeah, but it has been up and down. Jesus, we've had some. Um, I mean, we had a plane crash. We had drug addictions, cancer. We've had everything, everything. But uh, look, we're still going. That's what can I say? That is the testament of of this band. So bring me right back then. How did it actually come about all those years ago? Well, we are we're playing around. We are kind of, we are playing around Dublin. You know, doing kind of small gigs. And there was a band at the time called Les Enfants who were um, and we were playing this place in, in Dublin, and we were upstairs and they were downstairs. And I remember the following the following Monday, I seen that this, this band had got, got signed a huge record deal. So I, at the time I was working for Telecom Aaron, and Joe, the guitarist, were working for Telecom Aaron, and we felt that because we had these jobs, they were kind of robbing us of the hunger to succeed with Aslan because we couldn't have the jobs to fall back on if Aslan yeah. didn't happen. So we went in the next day and we just said to everyone, look, we're leaving our jobs. Who's leaving our jobs? Now, at the time, we'd about, it was about an eight-piece. You had keyboards, saxophones, percussionists. So we ended up then down to about a four-piece. And then eventually we got Billy in then, uh, as, and that's how it became a five-piece. 
that's how the whole thing kind of evolved at the beginning, you know. And like, it was a bold move because you're talking about Ireland in the 80s, Christy. To have a job with Telecom Air and was fairly set for life. Absolutely. That was bold, really, wasn't it? My dad, ne- my dad never forgave me oh. because it, to, to him, it was you know, giving up a pensionable job. And he said, what's art my knee, Joe? You're giving up a pensionable job. <laughs> You know, so, but because as you say, at that time, though, I mean, it was, it was tough, you know. I don't think it's hard for anybody that hasn't lived through the 80s to understand how tough it was, but it was, it was very tough. But that was it. I mean, as I said, we we had those jobs to fall back on. So, you know, it was robbing us, you know. Yeah, you had the hunger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because there was times with Aslan where we had, as you were saying, where we might have a little kind of something might happen, you know, a bit of a downlift. For instance, we we had a time there where a record company kind of had promised they were going to sign us and then didn't. Now most bands would kind of give up at that stage, you know, because we had nothing to, like we only had Aslan, we didn't have anything else. We had to make it succeed, so that that kind of kept us going. Yeah, it put the fire in the belly, and you know, as you, as you rightly mentioned there as well, you know, all the different ups and downs, trials and tribulations, even going through the eighties. I mean, a lot of people when we were going through COVID, we were like, ah, listen, it's nothing like the 80s. But you have suffered quite a bit during COVID and lockdown. And, you know, uh, you were quite vocal as well about, you know, feeling how you and others working in the entertainment business were left behind, you know. So how did you yeah. keep yourself going through that? Well, I, I I did a solo album, so that's kind of how I kept going, you know. And I, was, I did a few kind of streams just on the house here just to do something, you know, and then I, I was out in the garden doing a few bits and pieces. But I, I find, if I'm not going to, if I'm not singing, I just I just get very antsy, you know, all my demons start kind of raising that their heads. Mm. So, yeah, it was tough. And, and then financially, it was a nightmare, of course. And But the thing that kind of made it tolerable was everybody was going through the same thing, you know. Yeah. It wasn't as if it was just musicians. Everybody was going. So that kind of made it tolerable, you know. And, you know, you mentioned the solo album. And let me just say that that's the legacy solo album, uh, which you released yeah. to great acclaim. And, you know, I ex- even though it's by you and you're so like you're somebody that picks themselves up all the time, I expected maybe a little bit of, you know, maudlin to kind of creep in. But it's not there at all. This is uplifting. It's fun. Was it, you know, rewarding to record something like this, uh, given kind of a suppose you know the fact that it's a legacy you know what you want to be remembered by and also i was thinking why has he not done this before why has he not released solo stuff before yeah it was, it was something that i've always wanted to do and it's kind of i've had a few attempts i started an album with Finn by fury a couple of years ago we were doing an album together and then um but we both both of us had different health issues and then the pandemic came and pups knocked the whole thing on the head but it was something that I'd always wanted to do. I just wanted to see, could I do something on my own, you know? So it was great. I really enjoyed it, you know? And I did it with a guy called Don Mescal. Yes. Amazing song. So he's a place up in Cabin, a studio. And initially we started recording up there, but it's about two and a half hours from where I live. So by the time I, I was doing chemo at the time mm. as well. So by the time I'd get to the studio, I'd be knackered. I would mean the owner singing. So we ended up picking the equipment down and we recorded a lot of the vocals here in the house, oh, wow. which was great. Yeah, God, that's that's incredible. And it is. It's a really lovely album. People should really check this out. Um, you know, but can we talk a little bit about how you're feeling health wise? Because, you know, as you mentioned, yeah. there, going through the, the sickness and everything. I mean, you know, how are things going for you today? You know, as I'm talking to you. Yeah, well, so I have I have a thing called amyloidosis. It's, it's the same condition that Martin McGuinness passed away from. 
So it's a kind of like a blood disease. Now, I've had it for the last eight years. So I'd go to the, to the Royal Free in London because it's a centre of excellence for, the, for amyloidosis, for the condition I have. And I was over there in October. So the last two chemos I did, I only got a partial response to instead of a full kind of full-on response. So we were asking the, the consultant, how come that, you know, I was only getting partial responses to the last two chemos? And he said, well, look, you have the condition now eight years. He says, so your body is resisting any treatment that we, we try on you, you know, because and that's, that's what happens. So I'm, I'm, at the moment, I'm okay, but, you know, it's kind of, it, it can be very worrying, you know. Mm, mm, absolutely, it really can. And like, I mean, you know, I mentioned there in the opening about Aslan the Lion, which is such a cool name for a band, but I think a lot of people would certainly see you as this, Aslan the Lion, because you seem to pick yourself up and carry on. Do you feel like Aslan the Lion some days? Or no, some days? Because, you know what it is? I mean, people say that, and I'd be kind of embarrassed when people say that, because any person on earth is going to, you know, wants to survive. You know, that's, that's one of the main instincts we have in us is to survive. So, you know... I remember I used to be in NA, Narcotics Anonymous, years ago, you know, when I came off the drugs force. And I remember they used, to, they, used to, they used to have a saying in there that people would come in with all their troubles in a bag to swap them with somebody else, you know. So they'd, we'd all come into a meeting and we'd all have our, whatever our problems were in a bag. And we'd say, well, you know, today I'm going to swap all my problems and I'm going to take somebody else's problems. And, and by the end of the meeting, you'd say, geez, I'm going to keep my own problems. Because when, when you listen to other people's problems, they're sometimes they're twice as bad as yours, you know. So nobody, nobody gets an easy ride in this life. Everybody's, it's tough for everybody at different times in their lives. So that's it, you know. I don't, yeah, I don't think that I, I, don't, I don't think there are many different than anybody else really in that respect. And you know, as as you say, you're you're continuing on. You're back doing what you're doing best. You know, you're you're the Irish tour. It's kick started at this stage, has it? Yes, we started in Belfast uh, two two weeks ago, I think, and we're in uh, we, and we went to Galway. We're in Carlo this Carlo now tomorrow, and then. Uh, we're kind of going right around the whole country and the whole thing ends then in the Tree Arena in September Yeah and you're coming to Dundalk in May yeah. May 14th and was it like the first gig back Was did you blow the roof off the place did you? I was amazing yeah. so we, we, we started a song one of the songs we started the set sorry we started a set with a song called Gotta Make It so basically oh, the band go out they go out and they kind of start the song and then halfway through the song I'll come out and join in and and I couldn't even hear the band. Like the crowd were screaming that loud. I couldn't even hear the band. It was amazing. And it's just because people have been deployed. And you know, another thing I noticed when we are when well, during the pandemic, we did a gig down the UNEC in Killarney, and it was a live stream basically. And they they recorded a uh, video there, and then they put it out on their YouTube YouTube channel. So after they kind of broadcast it, then we have and we can put it up on our social media sites and stuff like that. So about a week after the Oak was broadcast, our manager put it up on the social media, on Facebook or something. And I rang it about 10 minutes and get that down immediately. It, it was just absolutely crap. I always appreciated how, how important the audience is. Mm. But I never realised how integral they are to the whole thing. And especially with a band like Aslan, where we like to get the audience to participate with the gig and stuff like that. And without the audience, it was just shit, to be honest with you. Yeah. It was just awful. There was, yeah. there was something missing. It was like I was like doing a gig without a drummer or something. Honest to God, it was just awful. Yeah, so you're so doing it great. to an empty hall. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. Yeah. At the end of the song, you're saying thank you. Next song is there's nobody there in front mm. of you. You know, 
And if you, like, I, I find, if I'm doing a gig, right, so say you're doing a gig and there's a thousand people at the gig and there's 999 of them are going mad and there's one guy in the audience or one girl in the audience and they're sitting there, like, trying to impress me. The whole gig is just to try and get them on board, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of, it's that kind of stuff that spurs you on when you're, when you're, when you're uh, performing. And when you don't have that, it just lacks something, you know, it lacks that fire, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, you've played so many shows, so many different people all over the world. No doubt, Christy, you have some backstage stories that you could share. Are there any, though, that are good for radio that stand out for you over the 40 years? <laughs> any rich? Have you any sort of backstage stories like kind of, you know, give me behind the scenes stuff that would have happened over the years that stand yeah, out for you? Well, I'll tell you one, right? So, Years ago, we played with Bowie and Slane, right? Oh, so when when we played when after the gig, we went to a place here in Dublin called the Pink Elephant. It used to be the kind of trendy bar at the time, the nightclub that used people used to go to. So we went in, and Bowie and, and, and all, were, were kind of, all the bands that played in Slane were in there. So Billy had gone over to Bowie that day to try and get an autograph, and he, yeah, Bowie had two these two big uh, minders around two big. Um, ex-Marine heads, you know. So they stood up and going to wave the finger at Billy, like, get away, you're not coming near and kind of thing. So that was that, you know, we were kind of a bit disappointed because we, we, we kind of played with them earlier on that day. So then about a few years later, then Bowie was playing down here in, in Dublin, he was playing in the, in the tree arena, and there was a party on after the gig, and we went to the party. So we went, I, I was talking to Bowie after the gig, and I said to him, I, I tell him that story, you know, I said, well, really, you know, I said, one of the lads is really upset with you one day. I said, you played with it in Slane, and blah, 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 you tried to get an autograph, and, you know, and he was saying at that time, it was kind of, it wasn't long after um, uh, John Lennon had been assassinated, he'd only okay. been assassinated a couple and he was an Englishman over here during the height of the Troubles. Right. You know, and he said he was really paranoid about being in Ireland at the time. And that's why, because I remember at the time when they were going on stage, when Bowie's band was going on stage, when they were going from their dressing room, to, we were backstage and playing, right? Mm. So when they were going from, from their dressing room to the, to the backstage, they kind of went on stage like a military formation. There was a block of them, you know, four, four people across and say five people down. And they all had these grey boiler suits. So you wouldn't know which one was Bowie. Do you know ah. what I mean? But then I was thinking after, once you got on stage, you were a sniper, then you knew who Bowie was, so you could just pop him off. But <laughs> anyway, the point I'm making is, that's, he was just saying he was really paranoid at the time, and that's why, you know, he didn't want to kind of get involved with anybody over here. You know, he's been really over, over kind of, yeah. over careful. So yeah, that's, that, that's a good story and so Billy never got the autograph then even years later no, did he ah no. poor Billy yeah. and you know speaking of Billy because we have to talk about Dancing with the Stars I mean he oh, was good. just brilliant every single know, week yeah. how did you guys react when he was doing it first when he came in and said well, listen had, I'm doing he this rang us, he rang us and asked us you know he said listen Christy he, he, he says uh, I must be not this Dancing with the Stars if he's telling me not to do what I won't do or what do you think you know and now I wouldn't do it in a thousand years I wouldn't do it, you know. <laughs> but Billy is that kind of, Billy's kind of Mr. Vaudeville, you know, he's kind of very show busy. So it kind of suits Billy's character, you know, his personality kind of, you know, I said, Billy, look, that show is made for gobshites. I said, just go for it, you know. <laughs> 
So that's why. He, and he was great and he was amazing. And so, yeah. As I said, I, I, I wouldn't have walked for me. I couldn't have done it. Oh, but I can only imagine you with the pro dancer. I mean, seriously, Christy. Listen, even, if I, even if I had the physical physical health to do it, yeah. I wouldn't have done it. But Billy has that kind of personality. He, he can kind of do stuff like that, you know. So he's great. And I, I thought I enjoyed it. Yeah, and he dedicated a performance to you as well, which was really lovely. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Uh, and so we we won't see you on any sort of reality TV stuff, will we? Oh, I, I, I do other stuff, you know, but I just wouldn't do the dance for the stars. I mean, I did other stuff in the past. I've done the Lucy, uh, Lucy Kennedy. Oh, I love Lucy. I love her. Yeah, she's amazing. She's a lovely person. So I did that. I did that kiss. You know? So I've done a few little things here, you know, but it's just a dancing thing. Is that wouldn't be my cup of tea at all. <laughs> that wouldn't be your cup of tea. Uh, okay, so before I let you go, Christy, I have to ask you, because I uh, I have a kind of a thing that I do in the show. It's Sinead asks celebrity silly questions. You up for this? Yeah. Okay. So the first question I have for you, Christy, what's in your pockets right now? Right. Uh, yeah, pods. The key, keys to the house, a pawn ticket. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, who is the last person that you texted? Uh, Jesus Christ. Last person I texted. Oh, the manager. I had to text her about this interview. Ah, lovely. She's keeping you on, on, on track there, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pineapple on a pizza, yes or no? Yes, absolutely. Oh, Love pineapple on pizza. Not one of them weirdos, are you? Oh, yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> uh, who's your secret celebrity crush? Uh, oh god, oh god! I like a woman Zapparelli, you know, off the end, dancing with the stars. Oh, very yeah, good. She's nice. Oh, that's and, that, and that's not another reason for you to go <laughs> dancing with the stars. Yeah, I'm afraid of falling over. I'll have one of those <laughs> dancing with the stars romances. <laughs> uh, what song would have you run into the dance floor? Uh, Dexy's Midnight Runner. Oh, yes. Yes, Come brilliant. On, Come on, Eileen. Uh, what's yeah. the strangest thing a fan has ever said or done to you? I was down in Killarney there about a year ago, right? And this bloke walked up to me and says, Do you remember me? And I'm looking at him and going, Not really, no. 1988, the red jacket. And I'm looking at Are you fucking right? <laughs> Sorry, so apparently I'd met this guy in 1988. And I had a red jacket on me, and he was saying, "Don't be looking, pretending he can't remember." I look at this stuff. Are you for real? Like, I can't remember last week. Let alone like eighty-eight. Fans are mad, aren't they? They're mad people altogether. Oh, they're great, though, yeah. <laughs> and okay. what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Uh, enjoy life. It's a good yeah. one. It's a simple but great one and I think you're a man that enjoys life Christy it has been such a real pleasure thank you so much for chatting with me no, really looking forward to seeing Aslan coming to the Northeast Fairways Hotel in Dundalk Friday May 13th Christy thank you so so much for joining me the continued success no, with, the, with the band cheers yeah okay so the first question I have for you Christy what's in your pockets right now right uh, the AirPods you know, me, you know the airport. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Uh, the keys to the house. Hold on, let me see. Hold on. Keys to the house. A pawn ticket. <laughs> 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 That's it. <laughs> uh, who is the last person that you texted? Uh, Jesus Christ. 
last person I texted. Oh, the manager I had to text her about this interview. Ah, lovely. She's keeping you on, on, on track there, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Pineapple on a pizza, yes or no? Yes, absolutely. Oh, Love Christy. Pineapple on pizza. Not one of them weirdos, are you? Oh, yeah. That's it. Uh, <laughs> uh, who's your secret celebrity crush? Oh God! Oh God! I like a woman Zapparelli, you know, off the um, Dancing with the Stars. Oh, very yeah, good. She's nice. Oh, that's and that and that's no another reason for you to go <laughs> Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, I'm afraid I've fallen over. I'll have one of those <laughs> Dancing with the Stars romances. <laughs> uh, what song would have you run into the dance floor? Uh, Dexy's Midnight Runner. Oh yes, yes, Come brilliant. On, Come on, Eileen. Uh, what's yeah. the strangest thing a fan has ever said or done to you? I was down in Killarney there about a year ago, right? And this bloke walked up to me and says, do you remember me? And I'm looking at him and going, not really, no. 1988, the red jacket. And I'm looking at, are you for fucking red? Sorry, for fucking. <laughs> so apparently I'd met this guy in 1988 and I had a red jacket on me and he was saying, don't be looking pretending you can't remember. I looked at this bloke, are you for real? 1988, I can't remember last week, let alone 1988. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Fans are mad, aren't they? They're mad people altogether. Oh, they're great, though, yeah. <laughs> and okay. what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Uh, enjoy life. It's a good yeah. one. It's a simple but great one. And I think you're a man that enjoys life. Christy, it has been such a real pleasure. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Not at all. Really looking forward to seeing Aslan come into the Northeast Fairways Hotel in Dundalk, Friday, May 13th. Christy, thank you so, so much for joining me. The continued success with the, with the band. Cheers, thanks. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.